Hello, welcome to Lights, Cameras, Blokes, a movie review and general talk podcast. I am Sean Culligan, along with my co-host Ned Colin. This week, we're talking about Johnny Mnemonic, the 1995 Canadian-American cyberpunk action thriller film starring Keanu Reeves. Now, I know you're thinking, hey, what's the deal? Uh, why are you breaking up the Franchise Boys series for this weird little cyberpunk film that has nothing to do with Han or Vin Diesel? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because today marks the day of Johnny Mnemonic's release date in America. And 26 years ago, to this day, we were blessed with William Gibson's Johnny Mnemonic. So today, we wanted to pay homage to William Gibson and Keanu Reeves and bring you a nice little talk about Johnny Mnemonic followed by a wonderful short story produced, written, and conceived by yours truly. I hope you enjoy. Sean, uh, how are you doing, Sean? Welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing great. Sean, Nick. I'm like welcome. Never you. done this before. <laughs> uh, welcome to the first ever episode of Lights, Cameras, Blokes. Thank you for it's, joining. It's us. It's great. I'm, I'm glad we're finally doing it. This is the uh, Lights, Cameras, Blokes soft reboot, and and welcome one and all. It, it does feel like a bit of a soft reboot because all we've been talking about for the last like two months has been fucking fast and fucking furious. So furious, so fast. It's good to just not see huge muscles and fast cars. It's amazing to watch a movie where you can understand what the people are saying and every line isn't, I want to do my mile at a time. I dream of a fast family. You know. It's a bigger family. Where's my corona? Listen, let's leave all no, that in the we're past. Done. We're, we're done. We're done with this, Ned. <laughs> that, we swear we to you. We can't do this anymore. <laughs> we swear to you, that'll be the only reference of Fast and Furious we make in this entire episode. I swear to you. On Sean's life. I, yeah, I swear exactly. to you. Exactly. <laughs> Ned, so, so you got any wrecks today? You know, Sean, it's tough to say. I mean, watching a lot of stuff, I don't know if I'd recommend any of it. I finished Monster Hunter the other day. If you're on the Switch... Drop us a message at lights.cameras.blokes. Add me. Add me on the Switch. And let's do some let's do some hunts on Monster Hunter Rise. Ooh. Great game. But I did finish the, the campaign stuff. So I enjoyed that. I recommend that. I watched a movie called Slacks, which is a kind of B-horror comedy movie about a pair of trousers that come alive and start killing people in a retail store. Uh, enjoyable, fun, goofy. A kind of... Six out of ten, you know, enjoyable time. And I did rewatch Psycho Goreman. <gasps> dude, is, out, is it better uh, on the second viewing? It's even better on the second viewing, Sean. Uh, yeah, dude. So go listen to our Psycho Goreman episode. Go watch Psycho Goreman. PG for sure. Uh, Check it out. Yeah. What about yourself, Sean? I need to. I need to. I need to rewatch that. That was a great, great film. It's a great movie. Um, so I, you know, if you're like me and you religiously watch Bob's Burgers, you've been through every season multiple times. You know all the lines. You know um, 
all the characters. Your your favorite song from Bob's Burgers ooh, is probably ooh, uh, Topsy. Topsy's good, um, Sean. I also like uh, uh, Bad Stuff Happens in the Bathroom. Uh, oh, excellent, 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 excellent song. song. Yeah, but at ooh, some point um, you're like, uh, what's the Halloween one? Oh, sorry, I, I'm gonna keep. Oh, Ran- you. Randy's Candy or Randy's Candy? Is that, or no? No, what's the Halloween Man. song? By the boys, by the the boy band. Oh, uh, boy, oh, um, the uh, zombie one. It's like I love you so much. It's scary. I think that's a good. Yes. That's a Halloween bop. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, yeah, so come on. <laughs> as you can see, we both enjoy Bob's Burgers, but sometimes you need to switch it up. And when you want to switch it up, check out the Great North because it's basically Bob's Burgers in in Alaska. I, I will say, not as good as Bob's Burgers, but it's very hard to meet that mark. It's a good time though they had an episode on on bigfoot slash sasquatch oh, i'm gonna was enjoyable. love it i'm gonna love it i yeah. don't think it's uh here yet weirdly it's like a hulu thing over in america right 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 uh, so it may come to our our primitive uh disney plus but uh it, i haven't seen it yet because i would like to check that out apple tv have one as well from the the guys behind Bob's Burgers, uh, Central Park, I think it's called. I haven't checked that out yet. Yeah, I, that's on on the list after I finished this uh, last episode of Great North. So mm. Central Park looks looks fun. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent, Rex, Sean. But these these recommendations, you know, what are we really doing? We're kind of lording over uh, corporate products. Okay. Oh, check out Hulu's. The Great North. Oh, get on Amazon Prime and check out uh, the, the the Nazi film. Oh yeah, man. There's a Nazi film on Amazon. It's like uh, the Man in the High Castle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. TV series, series but yeah. from Philip K. Dick, science fiction author. Transitions within transitions. What I was oh, getting to was truly the corporations have taken over. Truly, our life is ruled by these these media companies. What even is art? In the realm of capitalism, it's 2021. This is the year of Johnny Mnemonic. Wow, it's almost like we planned it this way. Yeah, we kind of, we we don't plan we, a lot of this. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, yeah a lot of unplanned stuff. Does it sound like that? Is what I wonder. Please shoot us an email. That's uh, lights.cameras.blokes at gmail.com, uh, and let us know if if we could tighten these things up a little bit. But the movie today is Johnny Mnemonic. I thought Mnemonic... <laughs> this is a this is an unfunny aside that you can cut from the episode. I thought Mnemonic was spelt with a P, but it's M-N... Something, 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 something. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N-M-E-M-O-N-I-C. Yeah. Well, Mnemonic. I see. I'm, Spelling on the podcast. Look at that. I couldn't do that. I'd need... Uh, Keanu Reeves gets called out for having, like, a dyslexic implant in his mind or or an implant to suppress dyslexia which is a fun little nod to i think keanu reeves does actually have dyslexia i believe i I have it mildly as well so don't ask me to smell smell (laughs) mnemonic that was perfect (laughs) yeah right there don't ask me to smell any big words please yeah johnny mnemonic cyberpunk welcome to the future I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) Crack open a Corona. Uh, We're talking about Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, It's the second second decade of the 21st century. We're in 2021. And, Ned, how does this match up today? You know, did William Gibson and Robert Longo, the director, get it right? I kind of, I wrote down a couple things. 
first off, corporations rule, right? Yeah, they got that. So yeah, they got that. They mention Infowars. Now, not the um, Alex Jones Infowars, <laughs> but they do say Infowars, which I thought was... My son showed me this Keanu Reeves the other day, and he's, <laughs> he turned me bisexual. I, yeah, I, they're, they're, the liberals are putting it in our movies. Uh, that, yeah, Infowars. Spot on. Damn. That reminds me. I need to write in an Alex Jones character for you on, on one of our scripts. And then, finally, the world is threatened by a new plague called NOS. And I'd say that's pretty close, because little NOS X is like a type of plague. And, well, you can't you know, think of another type of plague that may be going no. on in 2021. <laughs> You're thinking little Nas X. What are you talking about? I've just been inside my whole whole 2021, whole 2020 yeah. because of little Nas X. Yeah. I, yeah. That's why we've all been indoors, you know. Uh, he's uh, We can't stand his righteous power, you know. This, exactly. uh this, he twerked on the devil. He, he twerked on the devil. It's, it's Satan's work on in the music. My son played me this Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> I miss yeah. my kids. Oh. <laughs> there you go. It's my Alex Jones character. Who? Yeah, we'll have to run uh, him into something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they got, a, they got a couple of things right. I, I'll say Johnny Mnemonic comes from that 90s, uh, 80s, 90s science fiction era. I think of like Demolition Man. I think of RoboCop where we envision cyberpunk as like, there's just trash everywhere. Like, everywhere's <laughs> trash. Like, every fucking yeah. garbage man <laughs> and woman got, like, <laughs> fired at the turn of the 21st century. And you can't move through all the fucking clutter. Uh, yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know if that is <laughs> the... I don't know if it checks out. But um, yeah. what, what do you think? You no, see a lot of I, th- I think we've, sure. we've kept up our... Um, I don't know. We just move our trash to a place where we yeah. don't like seeing it. So. Yeah, we're burning all our plastic in like a third world country. We send it all over there. This is what the UK does, at least. I America may have a different system, but we just... We throw it in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's not on the streets is what we're saying. So exactly. It's actually... I would Pro- I would wager... Probably worse. <laughs> yeah. Our, 21st, our 2021, I would definitively say is worse than anything in Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> let's talk about this film. Let, let's let's give the little rundown of it. Yeah, Johnny Mnemonic, man. What goes what goes on from your recollection? So, yeah, so 2021, the society is controlled by mega corporations, and the internet's kind of this different beast of what we would assume the internet is, or what what we consider the internet is today. Um, it's a lot more physical and. Um, you, you jack in, that you jack into jack, the web. You jack into the internet, you jack in and you, you know, explore the internet that way instead of just using a laptop to kind of type things into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this, there's this. Uh, uh, Sean, I mean, virus. like in, in Johnny yeah. Mnemonic, you jack into the web, but in, in our world, we use the web to, you know, fi- <laughs> I'll let you finish that one at home. I want to keep this podcast safe for all, but <laughs> you get it. The, the adults Dude. among us get it, you know. Jack off. Is- <laughs> uh, go on, please, Sean. So in our new society of 2021, there's mm. a virus called nerve attunation, attunation syndrome, mm. uh, or NOS for short, and it's infecting the world. And... I don't remember if at the beginning they'd say why it's happening, but later on we find out. And then we are introduced to a character named Johnny who is a data transport, and he 
he transports data for big corporations via the implant in his brain. So the start of the movie takes place in Beijing. Johnny's on his last job, uh, or his what is he thinks is going to be his last job, and he is trying to complete a transfer of data between one corporation and another. And and unlike our internet these days, uh, the data transfer has to be physical. So he jacks into the internet. He gets whatever data is there. They kind of scramble it. They use these picture frames to make a encryption uh, and then he has to physically go to the the next place he has to get on a plane or a train or something and go to the place where they need to send the data so he's in beijing he needs to get to new jersey i think it was newark and complete the data transfer that way but if you don't have the encryption images so there's usually three little images that are uh, keyed in by the television then the data just stays in your brain. So that's that's the synopsis of the movie. Johnny's just trying to get data from Beijing to Newark, and he runs into some trouble with the yakuza. So yeah, I'd say that's about it. That's about it. I I um he has he has some character motivation. He's looking to save up for enough that he can get his memory uh, reinstalled because right he uh he he sold off his childhood memories so he could store more data uh how much data is he storing in this film i believe <laughs> i believe he has something <laughs> like a uh, 140 gigabyte cap and he exceeds that by installing something like 300 and something uh is it gigabyte i think gigabytes it's either gigabytes. way it's hilarious it's, <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's negligible yeah 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 man That's, he can he can you know, he can cut around, you know... Uh, it's 320 gigs of stolen data wet-wired directly into his brain. There we go. Looked it up. There you go. There, you go. there it is. Uh, 320 gigs. I reckon you could get... Um, you could get all of uh, Lights, Cameras, Blokes so far on that. I think they all cap around 30 gigs. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. you'd just about get all of them on there, I think. Yeah. Uh, but you know, other than that, what are you? What are you trying? You know, you can have a few movies, uh, a couple of video games, maybe. You know, these video games, they 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 fill up your SSD so quick. I I, I swear, I installed like Call of Duty last week, and it was like a hundred and thirty gigs. Like that's insulting. I almost uninstalled it on the spot just because how dare <laughs> you treat my SSD like that. That's my little rant about uh, uh, SSD Storage drives. And, yeah, and games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and video games. But either way, he's he's he overloads himself, and he's kind of, and then the you know the clock starts ticking because he can o- only be overloaded for so long until it bleeds into his kind of general neural network and kills him, De- uh, destroys him. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 a synopsis. If that sounds good. Go check it out. What are we saying? Uh, are we saying, are I would, we saying? I would say I recommend it. So if you like 80s, 90s, yep. kind of RoboCop-esque, you know, crime, drama, mysteries, it's a little, I don't know, I would say it's a little campy. It's a little like, there, there's some scenes we get it, we can get into it, but there's some scenes where I was like, man, if they would have just changed the music on this, it would have been like creepy or really cool, but they played the wrong guitar riff. If you're into that vibe, check it out. If you like William Gibson, check it out. Blade Runner, you know, if if any of this sounds good, check out Johnny Mnemonic. It's a cyberpunk, little fun, 
fun movie. Pretty quick too. It's not it's not that long. So. An hour and a half. It's you know you you know worst things you can do in an hour and a half. I'll say, Sean. Let me elaborate on this a little bit, okay? Because I'll say John Mnemonic is a lot of fun. It's uh, there's you know it's young Keanu Reeves running about you know a cyberpunk city where uh, once again I'll say the streets are just filled with trash. There's some fun yakuza stuff there's um i we, we'll talk about i don't know if you wanted this to be a big reveal but you've got you've got takeshi in there you got beat takeshi yeah yeah uh, he pops up and that's a lot of fun amazing thing is no one you have iced tea you've got iced tea how could i how could i uh ignore iced tea yeah. um but Dolph this lundgren you oh yeah you do <laughs> you've got everyone in this movie <laughs> i'll say this so the acting's all terrible. It's all terrible. Bad. And I really, I'll defend Keanu Reeves as an actor because I feel like he often gets called out a lot for being quite wooden. I think people think of The Matrix as like he's quite a, he's quite a, two, he's left intentionally blank that character so you can self-insert. But I think Keanu Reeves, like I think of like Bill and Ted, I think of The Matrix, I think of John Wick. I think he's a really, like given the right stuff, he's a really great, presence like on screen i think he really like knows how to inhabit the roles he gets done right i think he's also really funny he's got great comic timing like i'm a big keanu reeves guy but he's really you know he's really wooden in this movie Uh, and i think a big part of that is the script johnny mnemonic being an adaptation of the short story from william gibson and william gibson having written this movie the william gibson a fairly prolific science fiction writer and we'll talk a bit about like cyberpunk but william gibson really was one of the of like the kind of late 20th century he was really one of the big names in science fiction you think of like neuromancer there was a trilogy of those burning chrome which is the the book uh that johnny mnemonic kind of came in was a a big hit um and it's all great uh you've read you're, you're about like halfway into Neuromancer. Uh, I've read Johnny Mnemonic uh, now, which we can get into some of the differences between the story and the the film. But um, yeah, Johnny, like he's a great like pulpy. It's pulpy noir cyberpunk. Uh, it's it's a lot of you think of cyberpunk. There's like it's rich in like science fiction jargon, but that really is just the vessel for like the pulpy noir stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get into the differences, but I will say Johnny Mnemonic, the movie is dumb as hell. That's the fun of it. And that's why I'd recommend it, but I wouldn't go in looking for like a blade runner, a blade runner. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which exactly. is a more cerebral, you know, you know, yeah. you, you asked to think a little more and, and even Robocop, like I love Robocop so much and that's really cheesy, but I think Robocop is is more clever with kind of what's going it's got going on. Johnny Mnemonic's yeah. just dumb all the way. There's some hilarious stuff in there. There's there's this like preacher there, Jesus uh, <laughs> character who is amazing. Okay, so do you, we're gonna get into spoilers now. We both have recommended it, but there's the dolphin at the end. I thought that was kind of insane. The reveal that this person, you know, Jones? the person who can fix Jones, yeah, yeah. is 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 Dolph, the dolphin. I I didn't look into this, but you know, did William Gibson want it to be this ridiculous or was this kind of just taken in, you know? Okay, like, let's get into it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Cuz the dolphin is in the the short story as well. Jones is in the do, uh the short right. story. He's um 
what they leave out in the movie is that the dolphin is addicted to heroin. He's a addi- he's got a smack addiction. Oh, which yes. I I'm upset. Why that why they, why not? They wrote <laughs> why not put that in there? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, Jones is great in the in the. We'll talk about the short story a bit, but no, uh, William Gibson and I think it was the director. Who Who is it again? The director? Lungo. Robert Longo. Longo. I know William Gibson wanted to make, a sh- uh, I think it was going to be a short art house film for $1.5 million. And uh, him and the director he was working with, I think it was Longo, couldn't find $1.5 million. When they asked for thirty million dollars to make like a dumb Hollywood, you know, it wasn't. They didn't ask to make a dumb Hollywood thing, but they said, "Okay, we could make something a little bigger budget and a little more, you know, right. in the style of now." They got their thirty million pretty easily. Okay, and and William Gibson was like very upset, and he insists like that is not his screenplay. He really has nothing to do with the product that ended up mm-hmm. existing even though his name is still in the credits as as the kind of sole writer. And that's the that's definitely the feeling of Johnny Mnemonic. Like, it feels like a movie that, like, there's some smart science fiction premises in there. Yeah. But yeah. it's smothered by dumb Hollywood nonsense. Uh, fucking corporations, man. <laughs> it's the fucking corporations. Get their hands on, on that wonderful short story and they just turn it into a joke. So, all the, so the film and the short story are pretty drastically different which you know they're going to be because one's a like 25 page little science fiction short and the other's one and a half hour movie the key differences are though that there's none of this like epidemic virus stuff what is it called again like nas nas yeah yeah that's that's not a factor johnny does not like overload his mind and so therefore has a timer all that happens is that he's transporting data like he always does but his contact has kind of fucked him by having him transport data that is kind of wanted by the Yakuza. So mm. everyone's trying to betray him. He's kind of got to one-up everyone. But there's no, there's no like, ticking clock in that he's going to die in, like, 48 hours. And then, yeah, the dolphin's addicted to smack. Everyone's a lot more fun in the in the book. Like, Johnny's kind of a really cocky character and in the film i think he had hints of of that at the beginning yeah uh, when he walks in he's kind of cocky but like that quickly goes away i'm trying to remember what is his what's his lady companion called again the woman who follows uh it's something million molly millions i think her name is in the the book but she's she's a much more like Oh, it's. I think it's Jane in the movie. Yeah, I think they changed it in the film. Uh, it's Molly Millions uh, in the book. She's mo- much more like battle hungry. There's no beat Takeshi Yakuza leader character. It's just uh, him being pursued by the dude with the the thumb wire tip thing. Oh, the th- yeah. Uh, that, let's talk about. I liked that kill. That that kill at the end. Yeah. Thought that was really cool. That character like. In the book, he's much more fun. He's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and he's like just pursuing Johnny like the Terminator. He doesn't have any lines. He's just like out to kill him. And his big beef is actually with, ends up being with uh, the lady, uh, Molly, Jane. uh, Because she really wants to fight him because they're both kind of, they're both assassins slash grunts and she wants to take on the best so that she can prove she's the best. And that is more fun than whatever her character's doing in the, the movie, which is mm-hmm. just kind of pointing Johnny at places and not having yeah, much go, more to... Yeah, go meet this person. Go talk to, to that guy. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I don't think Ice T's characters in there, but you do meet like that. You meet a group of people called the Low Techs, uh, yeah. who are like grungy people who live in like a skyline or like they're they're in a bridge in the in the movie. And yeah, so the the books just the books a lot more fun and a lot more like pulpy. I'll read you the first kind of sentence so you get more of a picture yeah. of of this is the tone of the book. And then I don't know what we could I. I, I know what we can read from uh, the film uh, <laughs> that I, I love, but this is the tone of the book, and this is the tone of kind of William Gibson. I put the shotgun in an Adidas bag and paddled it out with four pairs of tennis socks. Not my style at all, but that was what I was aiming for. If they think you're crude, go technical. If they think you're technical, go crude. I'm a very technical boy, so I decided to get as crude as possible. Dude, <laughs> hell yeah, dude! See, I'll that gets you now. like, <laughs> gets you high. But uh, the film is not that charming. But yeah, yeah, what what do you think? I've been talking a lot, Sean. No, I I, I enjoyed charming. the movie. I think you nailed nailed it. I haven't read the short story, but I've read you know a good portion of Neuromancer, so I get the vibe. William Gibson had. I haven't read any of his newer stuff because he's still around and he's still still writing. So I did not know it'd that. Be interesting to I see did not how, know he was still about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would, it would be interesting to see how with the advance of the internet and with the advance of technology, how his language has changed. Because the, the sci-fi in this movie and the book is much different because they were written in the 80s, right? There's kind of this guessing game that goes on how we're going to interact with technology in 2021 so that's that's the other thing about this movie is it's going to be like very interesting even 20 years from now how people interact with things like the sci-fi in these books and movies is already obsolete but it's almost becoming so dense and hard to unpack because you have a, a, a preconceived notion of what the internet is like there isn't ice and there isn't you know being physically harmed by computers or the internet anymore whereas in the 80s if somebody told you that's how it's going to be you kind of oh i could see how you know the internet could hurt us you know physically hurt us because we're gonna have to jack into the matrix or whatever it is and so it's interesting like when when i have kids if i show them this they'll have no idea of like what is going on yeah. um and, and yeah it's 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 also kind of an interesting take that like technology does harm us now you know like the like the harm that comes from technology is like conspiracies or internet addiction or like fake news that's like fueling genocide it's 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 much more like yeah we're in like a dystopian disinformation age is what we're in right that's what technology has brought us let me just quickly i'll promise i'll stop going on about the short story but this is a, a little paragraph from the short story i was like oh jesus christ Oh, Jesus, they got us. Uh, (laughs) We're in an information economy. They teach you that in school. What they don't tell you is that it's impossible to move, to live, to operate at any level without leaving traces, bits, seemingly meaningless fragments of personal information. Fragments that can be retrieved, amplified. Dude. So, like, The the aesthetic of cyberpunk is, like clearly one steeped in like retro futurism and like a specifically like soviet era like 
technology booms like Mm -hmm. that's the aesthetic of like a a cyberpunk thing and then like the ultra commercialism of like the 80s uh, plays a huge role in in like the look of cyberpunk but the ideas that that you know as we become more integrated in technology uh, we kind of will lose or like the ideas of personal identity are going to get perverted that's all you know, very like on the nose stuff. That, yeah, still very relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I see like I don't think we'll ever have a cyberpunk revival because it, it exists to like. I I think we'll get like a big science fiction revival, but I mm. think cyberpunk is something like so specific to the to the kind of sixties to nineties that yeah we'll never get that again. But yeah, that's what Johnny Mnemonic's about. It's about like. Johnny is a vessel for data and he realizes about two thirds of the way through the movie and the short story that like, that's all he's ever been and he's never been a person and he kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I wish they would take a William Gibson book and and give it the like Blade Runner treatment, like Blade Runner 2049, because there's some stuff in here where if you took it out and kind of reworked it, you could have that Blade Runner 2049, like filmed big budget like incredible sets but like you you kind of remove the comically evil characters and then like you remove the the light-hearted soundtrack you know there's like some soundtracks in here that just don't vibe with what i would assume like film noir detective cyberpunky movie would have but like i just want to see that like blade runner treatment for a william gibson book it would be pretty dope but i don't know I if think... we're ever going to get neuromancer I think we'll, th- I think we will end up getting like a load of Gibson adaptations. I even think John Newmark would be a a really good one. Like I think William Gibson had the right idea as a one and a half million dollar art film. Yes, like yeah. that's exactly what yeah. this should be. And Johnny Newmark is a perfect example of a film I think should get remade. It's one that like is a lot of fun, uh, but it kind of it it. it it failed at a lot of the stuff it was kind of trying to do, or it didn't try and do some of the more interesting aspects of its source material. So that's the kind of thing you should like say, okay, let's do this again, but completely differently. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you make a good Johnny mnemonic. Not that, <laughs> not that the Johnny mnemonic we got wasn't a lot of fun. Oh, can we talk about the Jesus character? They yes, send let, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. And this is, <laughs> you get Dolph Lundgren as the preacher who's like this dude with a crucifix knife and he's like trying to preach about Jesus. And he's like, he, he's hilarious. Whenever he shows up, he's so funny. He, he'll be like walking down the road and then Johnny Mnemonic will like hit him with a truck yeah, <laughs> and he'll just get up and go, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, my, the best bit at the end is where he, <clears throat> he pops out of, out of nowhere, grabs someone by the fist and goes, Jesus time. And I, I had, I yeah. fell out of my seat. It was so good. Some, <laughs> um, some incredible, like cheesy lines in this. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. from him. And like, I, I, I don't recall the lines, but ice T has some, some great lines too, where he's just very cheesy. What's his character name again? Cause that's weird. His character name is J bone. Yes. J bone. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the yeah. leader of this low tech, Mm. A colony uh they they use like crossbows and 
guns and stuff like that. It's pretty... in the in the book they've all got like dog teeth implants, so they look like part dogs. Oh, that's... Uh... That would have been sick in the movie. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that's the thing. Readapt it. Like do, yeah. do it again, but add all the weird, uh, you know, art nonsense shit. But yeah, Ice Tea's a lot of fun. Um, let's yeah, man. let's uh, let's spoil it. So so how's it how's it all end? And how's it all end in the short story? Screw it. We're gonna spoil both. Oh yeah, we're spoiling everything today. Uh, they they end very differently. Do you want to talk about the film, and I'll I'll tell you yeah, about the, yeah, yeah. the book. Johnny finds out that he um, is carrying the data that will cure Nas. Nas, basically, little Nas. He, he little Nas X will be yeah. extinguished from the earth. Who wants the information that? Johnny Who wants has. that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Not me. I say I say finish off Johnny Mnemonic. We don't need that. He is going from place to place to figure out how to get it out of his brain. He goes to Henry uh, uh, Henry Rollins, uh, the lead singer of Black Flag, who makes an appearance um, <laughs> is that as a who doctor. That is? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he great. goes to him, finds out that he needs to go back to J-Bone, and then J-Bone has built this low-tech area where they can retrieve it using the dolphin. What was his name again? Jones. Dolphin. Jones, okay. thank you. Uh, yeah, that, that dolphin using Jones. S- s- the the story behind that dolphin in in the film and the and the book is uh, the dolphin worked for the American Navy during some previous war where the dolphin was kitted out with these cybernetic implants that allowed him to like scan and hone in on like Russian subs and things and and so hack great. Russian subs. And in the book, the added bonus is the Navy made them subservient by getting all the dolphins hooked on smack. Uh, which is why that Jones that's the such Dolphin a is good, hooked on heroin. That's such a good like storyline. I don't know why. Well, it, m- it might have just been too convoluted. Um, <laughs> you you meet you meet yeah, Jones I at the guess. like last ten minutes of the film, so yeah, uh, you can't really throw all that in there. Yeah. Anyway, they retrieve the information from Johnny's brain. Dolph Lundgren is killed. Beat Takeshi, who plays the Yakuza mob boss, shows up. Um, he kind of battles with Johnny, is somewhat defeated, but then, <laughs> the, yeah. This is where, Sean, you've just, I've seen it in your eyes. You've just realized that you've completely missed out the very superfluous uh, beat Takeshi being a Yakuza boss whose daughter died and of Nas. And then there's a ghost in the machine that is the CEO of the pharma company that is suppressed this pharmaceutical data that will cure us and he kept keeps being told by the ghost that he's going to be betrayed <laughs> and like this is all complete nonsense and it, it you know it make it has no bearing on the movie really like, it really doesn't but it, like it, oh and also did you realize one of like the third image is the woman yeah the third image of that i forgot about that too third image of the the encryption is the ceo pharma woman in uh, a nice little twist there. Johnny has the information retrieved from his head, and apparently they're going to go on and cure Nas. So there you go. There you go. How, how about the the short story? In the short story, uh, Molly Millions, aka Jane. I'll just call her Jane for the, for, yeah. you know, for the people. Uh, Jane takes him to the low techs after uh, his run-ins with some colorful characters like Jones, the heroin using dolphin, uh, and a, and a, like a pirate, they meet a pirate then that helps him get the information. 
uh, he, you never really find out what information is in his head. It's got nothing to do with any plagues or sicknesses that are never brought up in the book. But he uh, goes up to this kind of uh, battle arena in this low-tech hideout where he's found by the dude with the uh, the wire thumb. Oh, the wire thumb, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the dude with the wire thumb uh, has a big fight with Jane. Uh, Jane in this uh, in the story has her own kind of implant. She's got knives coming out of her hands, mm. um, which is another reason she wants to fight wire thumb man is because they're both like they they've both been like cooked up and they you know they're both <laughs> wired to go. So they have a big fight. Uh, Jane wins. Johnny, it, the story ends with like it's been a year. Johnny has stopped being pursued by the Yakuza, so he assumes like they're all square. He's now in a ragtag team with Jane and Jones, the heroine, using Dolphin, where he's using where where Jones is helping uh, Johnny mine his head for all the previous data he used to courier, uh, and he's using that to kind of, you know, shed light on all the shady things that he did wow. without knowing what he did. And that's 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 how it ends. Uh, it, it ends with him kind of, he's living now with the low techs. He wants to be his own man rather than like a vessel for other people's memories and information. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's good and it's weird. <clears throat> but I will say I love, I love a lot of what Keanu does in, in the film. I will say he has a monologue... I'm a big fan of, and Sean, if you won't mind, if you didn't want to do it, I wouldn't mind taking a swing at Johnny's Johnny's monologue. Please, by all means. Okay, I've got it here. It's been it's been a while since my my theater days. Uh, We we'd go away, look for monologues, perform them to the class, and if I'd known about Johnny Mnemonic, I would have absolutely have tried (laughs) to get Johnny Mnemonic. I would have paid to see this. Yeah, Uh, let's do it. I got to get into. I'm not doing a full Keanu, but I got to get into his cadence. You know, whoa, right, right. whoa, totally. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? You know, all my life I've been careful to stay in my own corner, looking out for number one, no complications. Now suddenly I'm responsible for the entire fucking world. And everyone and his mother is trying to kill me if, if my head doesn't blow up first. Listen, listen to me. You see that city down there? That's where I'm supposed to be. Not here with the dogs and the garbage and the fucking last month's newspaper blowing back and forth. I've had it with them. I've had it with you. I've had it with all this. I want room service. I want the club sandwich. I want the cold Mexican beer. I want the $10,000 a night hooker. I want my shirts laundered like they do at the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. (laughs) That's a great monologue. That's That's a great uh, monologue. When I I heard it, I was like, this is so good. (laughs) That's where I was like, I'm sold on this. Like, this is a really fun movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Keanu goes, he goes for that one. I, I want to say the camera work was just like, just put it on Keanu. Don't move. Like, <laughs> just let him walk around and get all crazy. Yeah, um, I love it. Oh, yeah. In the movie, he's kind of got some, like, they develop some sort of romantic connection between him and, and Jane. And, and it feels completely fucking 
pointless. It's That's forced. Not in the it's forced and dumb. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, we need some romance. Um, I, I will say some fun trivia, though. Apparently, uh, they got Keanu into the movie by like just leaving the script on his doorstep, which piqued his interest enough for him to join the movie. That's the rumor. <laughs> but I just want to say on record... Uh, if you just go throwing scripts at Keanu Reeves, he may take them. You know. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, let's let's give it a let's give it a little score then, Ned. What are you yeah. thinking? Johnny Mnemonic, uh, solid. Uh, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling a light five to a strong six. Uh, I'm somewhere between those numbers lies Johnny Mnemonic, but it's a lot of fun, so I do recommend it. I'm going 6.5. Just, I, I enjoyed it. I like Cyberpunk, so I think that was the, the 0.5 that it gets there. Um, yeah, mm. I, fun fun movie. You can kind of get into it. I also think I was in a bit of a, a Cyberpunk mood because, uh, mm. in fact, I wrote a little story. And yes, I think it's time that we jump into <laughs> Johnny... Ned Monic. <laughs> oh All my right. goodness! Uh, I've got it here in front of me. I uh, I I don't know. When I last read this today, I hadn't read the whole thing. There's more to it you, now, right? No, there, there's a lot more to it, Ned. Oh my god! I'm so excited. Um, yeah, Sean. Just for some context, for the last few weeks, Sean has been sending me like bits of cyberpunk writing, uh, and like. They started off fun, and then they got, like, unsettlingly good. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Sean, Sean's been... Sean, Sean is the next William Gibson on the podcast with us now. Uh, I've bigged him up enough. Sean, introduce your work to the crowd, please. All right, let's do this. Johnny Nedmonic. The setting sun... <laughs> struggled to pierce the smog haze hovering just above the city's skyline. The rays of light that managed to find gaps in between pollution clouds produced a stoplight red glow on the buildings of Junimachi. Hordes of merchants in radiation robes pushed their cyber hard good carts in a trance-like state. God, I hate this town. Ned sighed as he took a drag from his eco-dart. His inhale swirled the vapors in the glowing neon plastic hexagon. Raspberry menthol, easily one of the worst flavors, but 10 darts for 100 neo-yen, Ned couldn't pass on an inexpensive solution to his addiction. Ned kicked his foot back and leaned on the quarter panel of his tread skimmer parked in front of a snack bar. Rusted fenders, mismatched hover wheels, and yellowing LEDs fooled the scrappers looking to boost a ride for some quick neo-yen, but the real value was under the hood. Ned took off his bioframes and looked around the maze of merchants. You're late, Ishii. I know, I know, but this stuff take time. Here. The rail-thin merchant opened his radiation robe just enough to push out a gray poly bag across the tread skimmer's hood. Ishii was a frail-looking half-human who had a talent for procuring any item in Junimachi. Just don't go using it all in one place. Shit's not stable. Ishii wiped the condensation from his night goggles. Got any eco-dots? Really? Listen to me. More than two drops of that thing and whatever you're working on is a goner. Ned took the final drag from his hex gone and cast it down the alleyway into a pile of bioplastics. I'll see you around. Ned opened the door to the tread skimmer and slid into the foam core seat. 
Junimachi was a blur. Ned reached top speeds in seconds. Advertised 20 years prior as a cheap family transport, any tread skimmer these days was a certified relic. Worthless. But Ned's tread skimmer? The definition of a sleeper. He found the hunk of junk at a salvage barge moments before it was dropped into the water. With only a signature and the delivery UAV fee, the tread skimmer wound up in a less than reputable shop that owed Ned a favor. There, he worked most nights camouflaging the new additions to the tread skimmer. Ned, always the negotiator, bullied a salesman into relinquishing a bi-rod nuclear propulsion graft for next to nothing. And during a trip to his favorite scrapyard and one of his best finds to date, he stumbled upon a vintage nano disc player with Wu-Tang Clan's Enter the Wu-Tang 36 chambers permanently stuck in the drive. When it was all said and done, the tread skimmer easily was one of the fastest vehicles in all of Chunimachi. Ned swung the skimmer left and right, dodging crafts as he counted change in his lap. 280 neo-yen. Fuck! 20 neo-yen short. Ned pulled the skimmer into a refuel center. He reached under the foam core seat and pulled out a new raspberry menthol eco dart. He pocketed it as he lifted open the door. A stocky transport freight pilot sat outside a micro merchant shop waiting for a transport to refuel. Surrounded by a wall of vending machines, the pilot smoked an eco dart in between bites of a pork bun. The auto doors opened as Ned walked into the shop. A teenager clerk stood behind the counter, eyes glossed over, obviously on some cocktail pharmaceuticals. Uh, give me one of those bronze eco darts. Is that everything, sir? Yeah. 100 neo-yen. Christ, 100 neo-yen. Right. Ned reached in his pockets for the loose change and palmed the raspberry eco dart in his other hand. He went to give over the change to the clerk's outstretched hand, but at the last second, dropped it on the counter. The coins bounced down on either side of the partition. The clerk bent down to pick up the coins on his side. With the smoothest sleight of hand, Ned grabbed the bronze eco dart and switched it with the raspberries, bent down and picked up the rest of the change. Hold on, I, I wanted the bronze eco dart. You know what, give me my money back. Incredibly confused, the clerk stared at Ned, his hand open with half the change. Ned looked down, grabbed the coins and walked out. As Ned exited the shop, the freight pilot finished off his bun. Hey, you smoke bronzes? The pilot nodded. Of course he smoked bronzes. They were the most expensive darts with taste that fit the bill. I'll sell you this one half price. I'm trying to cut back. The pilot pulled out a 50 neo-yen piece and handed it to Ned for the dart. Ned flipped the coin and grabbed it out of the air. Thanks, Machi. Ned walked over to a tall vending machine. Curry up now, in faded black letters with yellow drop shadow was printed on the top of the machine. Ned put 300 neo yen into the machine, then pressed a large blue button under the coin slot. Mechanical cogs moved inside, rays of red laser light shot out of the gaps of slightly skewed paneling, a hiss of steam, and then a styrofoam hot tray dropped into the dispenser. Ned grabbed the tray and left. The perfect heist. The tread skimmer navigated the urban sprawl of Junimachi. Ned exited the high-speed tube and dipped into a winding city development mismatched of apartment complexes, back alleys, and corner stores. He slowed the tread skimmer and made a turn into a dilapidated parking lot. Only three vehicle spaces and one always occupied by the shopkeeper's tri-cart. Ned parked the tread skimmer next to the three-wheeler and walked into the shop. To say the shop was a mess would be an understatement. Boxes and bioplastics piled high to the ceiling. Fiber optic cables winding through holes in the wall and a small pass straight back to the shop counter, hardly wide enough for a single person to navigate without at least one item toppling over. Positioned under the Kintetsu line, the 3x4 meter shop 
shook at five minute intervals. You eat anything today, Yoko? Ned placed the styrofoam hot tray on the counter. Ha! You're always looking out for me. Thank you, Ned. Five years before the Singapore net collapse, Yoko was a prized trader in the commodities ledger. A small Japanese woman worth trillions. She was always strapped with the best economy's tech. Quad encryption, neurohaptics, dirty ice, you name it. Yoko had it all. But her favorite indulgence was food. Specifically, Singapore scrambled eggs. Light, fluffy, cooked to perfection. Job bounties from Go Boys were placed on Yoko left and right. After that crash, nothing. Wound up back at Junimachi. Undesired, slow, tired, and worst of all, no more eggs. Your package is over there. Yoko pointed to a pile behind Ned, a little box heat sealed in plastic sat on top of a tower of documents. Thank you. Have a good rest of your night. A train rumbled over them as it left the station. Yoko was already digging into her dinner. Her hand shook as she consumed each spoonful of curry. With her other hand, she waved at Ned as he left the shop. Time to figure out what this thing is all about. Ned placed the poly bag from Isha on the bench next to him. He slid the plastic zipper across the top and pulled out a small vial. It had an eyedropper screwed on top and a holographic liquid inside. Ned looked around and saw a bin of polythyrene. He snapped off a piece that was about a half inch thick and placed it on the bench. Alright Ishii, let's see if you're full of it. Ned let out two drops from the eyedropper on the piece of poly. The holographic liquid landed on the surface. For a moment, it resembled just a drop of water, but with more surface tension. Then it began to eat through the plastic. Within two seconds, the liquid left a massive hole in the plastic. Well, guess he wasn't lying. Guess I'm diluting it tonight. The chime from Ned's digiclock sounded. 12 a.m. Shit. Flat out, Ned guided his tread skimmer through the high-speed tube, through two shopping districts, and down an offshoot into an old residential project. Hundreds of capital homes stacked on top of ground-level convenience stores bordered the streets. Ned pulled his skimmer into a garage and grabbed all of his packages. He ran through the lobby and into the elevator. The familiar odor of lemon-scented disinfectant accompanied him into the two-person lift. 10, 11, 12. He ran to the door marked 1232 and tapped his wrist on the magnetic door entry. He swung the door open and ran to the room. A woman stood in the middle of the entry with her arms folded. You know it's midnight, right Ned? Sorry ma'am, I was just collecting some supplies for tonight. This came for you today. Ned's mom handed him a cardboard box. Yes, I knew it would get here in time. I'm going to bed. I restocked the fridge, but before you start tonight, please clean up those cans in your room. Of course! Ned yelled as he ran to his room, turned on his computer. He pulled out the package from Yoko and tore it open. A thin, single-edged cutting blade with rubber grips. The God Hand SPN120 Ultimate Nipper 5.0. The perfect cutting instrument. Ned was crying. Pure beauty. The computer booted up in the background. Ned went to the fridge and grabbed a can, completely ignoring his mother's simple request. He ran back into the room and turned on the webcam. Ned, those cans! I can't right now, Mom. I'm doing hot girl shit! Back at the computer, Ned typed furiously and pulled up OBS. Start streaming. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Ned. Back at it again with a new build. Today we're busting out my new nippers and we're cracking into the MGGM Sniper 2 White Dingo model. Let's get this build going. 
The surgical light glowed warm, spotlighting the desk and illuminating the surrounding meter of Ned's workspace. Ned hunched over the plastic Gundam model, clipping and sanding, completely enjoying his hobby. The rest of the room, dark, still. Guys, I'm really excited for this one. I have a strong holographic paint I just picked up. I've been waiting to build this, and I just need to thank everyone that's been donating on Twitch. You made Momentary reflection of the light exposed piles of Boss Coffee Rainbow Mountain Espresso cans surrounding Ned's futon. Twelve stories down, the neon from the alleyway below beamed up, licking the bioplastic walls of the capsule houses, and finally extinguished by the white, subdued glow emitted from the rectangle of plexi on the side of Ned's room. Rain started to fall. The gleaming city of Junimachi faded as a static cloud moved over the metropolis. There you have it, Johnny Ned Monic. I hope you enjoyed the story. Just want to give a big thank you to Julian Kirk for our intro and outro music. Go give him a follow on Instagram at Atlas Audio UK. And an artist named Jim Hall for the ambiance and nice little synth beats you heard in the Johnny Ned Monic story, as well as all the people that have followed us on our Instagram at lights.cameras.blokes. Go ahead, give us a follow. Uh, if you don't do Instagram, why don't you send us a little email over at lights.cameras.blokes at gmail.com. Shoot us a message, tell us what you thought of the story. On our next episode, we will complete our series, The Franchise Boys, where we review the final film in the Fast and Furious series, Fast 8, as well as Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Hope you will join us. Uh, it's going to be a great one. Thanks again, and have a, a great week. Mom, I'm doing hot girl shit.